everyone, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, welcome aboard to episode 29 of the Seals podcast. Welcome to the show, my name's Albert Davis and this is your home of the official Chester FC podcast. However you're listening, be it on the thesealspodcast.buzzsprout.com, on Apple, on Spotify, on Amazon, it doesn't matter, your support is greatly appreciated. We've got plenty coming up on the March show, as just six games remain now in the regular season for the Blues. Before the end of today, we'll be hearing from manager Callum McIntyre and his latest recruit, who got off to a winning start last weekend for the club, Scunthorpe United loanee midfielder Elliot Whitehouse. But we start with another lone player who has made quite the impact this season. Everton stopper Harry Tyra has had a remarkable campaign on loan with the club. He's picked up 18 clean sheets in his 48 appearances so far in all competitions. And particularly, when you see him jumping in the away end after a win, you can see how much of a mark he's made on the Chester faithful here. We caught up with him ahead of Saturday's big top seven clash against Darlington. Harry back to winning ways on Saturday, a 2-0 win at Blythe, a clean sheet for yourself personally, all-rounder, a pretty good day on the road. Yeah, it was a great three points, you know, I was speaking to Matt Williams the other week, I think we're looking to try and get the clean sheet record, almost, uh, try and get number one spot in that, but no, the lads were superb, you know, I think their keepers made, what, three three or four unbelievable saves, and could have been more, but I thought I thought we'd done well, 2-0, uh, like you said, great result away from home, a long, long away trip to Blythe. It must be credit to sort of the the ten outfielders, if you like, the fact that it was a pretty uh, quiet afternoon for your standards, wasn't it? Yeah, I think uh, if I remember correctly, I made one save and it was like a cutback, or I think it was, and guys come in and clatter me. But yeah, like like you said, the the outfield lads, the ten outfield lads, done done superb. You know, sh- shut off any chances they had, uh, and yeah, like you said, quiet afternoon for me. 40 games, 70 points in third place in the table. Obviously, second and third, a chance of a home playoff semi-final. It, it must be a, a big driving point for the lads. Cal obviously talks about those points targets, but to get that home playoff semi-final and to have that moment similar to like an Oldham kind of game must be a, a real big motivation for this group. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, I think if we do get the home home leg in the semi-final, I think you know the Diva will be pushing 3,000. You know, we've seen. Even in midweek games, we've got two th- two and a half thousand plus, and that just shows. I think it's we owe credit to the fans as well. You know, uh, their support helps us, and it's like the the away fans to travel to Blythe on Saturday. It was unbelievable, but no, the support of the fans is I think is crucial for for our playoff push. Talk about the away fans and talk about that away record, a 92-year record, beating 18 away league games unbeaten. That's um, that's some record, isn't it? What what do you put it down to? I think we're difficult to beat, you know, on, on the road we're difficult to beat and obviously, like you said, 18 games unbeaten now in away is is a credit to that. I think we set up away from home where teams are trying to break us down and, and we're just clinical, you know, we, we take our chances, uh, we score goals, you know, there's, we've got pace in the team and I think locking the opposition down early on and they'll get frustrated and then we'll, we'll, we'll hit them on the break or we'll, we'll kill the game off and I feel like that's been our story the whole season in terms of away games. I think the last time we spoke on, on the podcast was just before the first game of the season. Obviously, is eight or nine months, whatever it is since then. It's been a, quite the journey for you. You look like you're, you're still really, really enjoying it here. Yeah, I love it. You know, it's uh, we've, we've spoke off, off, uh, off mic, off air 
uh, loads of times about the time here and I'm, I'm loving it I, and I owe a lot to probably said in the first post- podcast I owe a lot, lot to Cal you know taking a chance on me uh, but no I've loved every minute of it and you know this this set of lads this group of lads is probably second to now probably one of the best I've, I've worked with so far in terms of being in a team regular and, and working so now this this group of lads is going to go places I'm, I'm sure of it I'm sure one thing that Chester fans will always remember you for will be uh, the jumping in the away end. What what is it all about? You know, you've got to. I, I, you know, I've been I've been places at away ends and as a as a little kid and just seeing like you know teams on my team Everton and like going away and and celebrating and I think you've got to owe it to them. You've got to show that you you care as much as they do. You know, they're travelling all all and down the country. Uh, to support us, and I, I feel like I've got to give a bit back to them, you know, because their support keep, keeps us going and keeps me definitely going. You know, when they sing my name away away from home, and it's one of the loudest, louder than the home fans, it's, you know, I've got to give it back to them, really. Hopefully, we're going to see that again Saturday against Darlington, another top seven rival similar to, to a Scarborough on the road. It's got all the makings of, of a, a big crowd, a good atmosphere, and it's a really big game, isn't it? Yeah, it's a massive game, you know, I think. If we go there on on Saturday, you know, like we said, our away record is great this season, uh, best in the league, I think. Um, tough place, but I, we relish them. We relish them games, and I'm sure we'll we'll take it to Darlington, give them a good game, and hopefully come away with three po- three points and a clean sheet. Next up, it's time for a chat with a gaffer. The Blues returned to winning ways last weekend, coming back to Cheshire after a 2-0 success against Blythe Spartans. It was a dominant performance and a hugely deserved three points that strengthened his side's position in that top three. But the challenges come thick and fast as the season reaches its crunch and a return to the northeast beckons this weekend. Cal, we'll start by looking back to Saturday's win against Bly Spartans. On the face of it, people that were looking, a 2-0 win on the road. It was an impressive victory, but in truth, it it could have been more, really. Such was a, a real dominant, outstanding display from your side. Yeah, really pleased. Um was delighted with the level of performance, the amount of chances we created, good chances, different types of chances. Uh, the Blythe goalkeeper has made three excellent saves. Stuff's not quite dropped for us. Um, so for us to have gone and dominated a game the way we have away from home, creating about chances, 20 attempts on goal away from home, um, to have done that, we've got to be really, really pleased. Um, I think the context of that result then improves when they go and beat the, the champions-elect on Tuesday night. For them to have almost offered a different context to the result, a side that I thought thought Blythe were excellent when they came here, um, you start wondering, well, well hang on, have, have we played that well? Have they had an off day? Um, no, it really reflects really well on us. So really, really pleased. Um, delighted for, like I say, our, our travelling support have been tremendous all season. Delighted for the players predominantly, because I talk a lot about that and the work they put in the week. And pleased that the club have backed us three times this season with travelling to a game the night before. Boston, Kings Lynn, Darlington, uh, sorry, not Darlington, Blythe Spartans, uh, nine points from the those games uh, is a big reward for everyone. So it's it's a great feeling, always a great feeling on a, a Saturday evening and then look, it makes for a good week's work. But you get to Tuesday time and you review the game just gone and then the, the attention changes and you, you're very, very focused on the next one, particularly when you're, you're in that position that you're in. But so, so much to be positive about last Saturday and uh, yeah, it's made for, for a great week so far. 
talking about a lot to be positive about, particularly for yourself and Mikey Alcock in that dugout, watching the second goal made by Yuan Murray, an academy graduate, scored by Ollie Haywood, an academy graduate. It must, it must almost, when you're winning games, it is great, but it must almost put things into even further perspective when you see things like that and having played a part in that, it must just be that, that little bit extra special. I think first and foremost, delighted for Oli. Um, he's had a really, really good season. He's played a lot of football at 19 years old in his, his first season of senior football. A player that, obviously, I worked with in my previous role, Mike Orcott worked with in his previous role. Uh, Colin Woodthorpe does a lot of work with both left-backs. Uh, both live near each other, so they've got a lot in common. And uh, We were delighted for Oli, delighted for Oli's family, who obviously we've got to know. It's just a brilliant moment when, a, when an academy graduate, when a young player scores their first senior goal, uh, that's great when it's an academy graduate and it's uh, someone that you're aware of how hard they've worked and continue to work. I think the biggest praise I've got for Ollie as an individual is his resilience in that we brought a young player in to start the season on loan that played instead of him, dealt with that really well, waited for his opportunity, took it with both hands. Uh, he's done a bit out on loan during that spell and really, really impressed, um, took that, very, very popular where he went on loan and that is a, a testament to him. Uh, you then come out the team because we choose to be a little bit different in terms of style of play, takes that on the chin, handles it really well, comes back in, cements a shirt and is now one of two solid first team left backs that we're, we're comfortable utilising either. Um, so just really, really pleased for him. And it must be difficult because you have really good rapport with those youth team players, particularly take Ollie's scenario of being in and around the first team at the end of last season. I'm the youth team manager. That dynamic changes and I'm I'm not here to be his mate and just support him. I've got to do what's right for the team and I want to push him and make him better and better and better. And, and we do that. And I think the way he's always responded to that is is terrific. So it was a great moment. But uh, you talk about it, yeah, uh, a maid in the academy, which is, it's been a big part of the club, isn't it, in recent years. And Mike Orcock's done a terrific job in ensuring that continues. I think we've been fairly consistent of our inclusion of those young players throughout the season. Um, Yuan being the oldest one uh, has had a massive part to play this season. Goes under the radar for me. I think there is a, a perception of Yuan that he is a number 10 that plays in between the lines, um, is an attacking midfielder, maybe doesn't like the physical side of the game. Uh, a laugh, like, it, there's a perception of him about being lightweight. Um, he, he's up there running the most. He isn't that, that player. He might have been in his first spell, by the way. I, he might have been. He certainly was as a youth team player. As he's got a little bit older, um, he's not. He's a resilient runner. Uh, there's an engine to him. There's a physical output to him that allows other players to, to do what they want. Uh, and do what the best at and I think he complements a midfield especially a midfield with debt weeks in particularly midfield you've seen that with Louis Earl uh, he covers an enormous amount of distance and he's become very very reliable for us uh, as the season has gone on in his two spells I don't have the exact number of starts to hand um, but his two spells it's over 30 starts he's been involved in one defeat that tells me he's reliable and that's why we go with him he isn't he isn't going to be a goal scorer but the perception of him that he is uh, he isn't going to be six foot three and tower in the air but he competes and I think when you really watch the game and you take that that bit of uh, what you think he's going to be because of what he looks like he's been really important for us Harrison Burke played a big part during the season obviously that Oldham goal gets done to death by him um, but his contributions played the games he has those three boys that have come out of the academy to have always included them I think that's really really important and it'll be Reese Daly next and who will it be after that that's something that, that's not because I used to work with the academy. 
we did that at our previous club that you want a core of young players players that are heavily invested in the football club and I just think it makes uh, every bit of success a little bit sweeter yeah when it's really committed young players but especially when uh, the Boston one was my, my favourite to be fair I wish I would have got a photo when I had the three boys that I'd had the pleasure of working with all three of them that had all started for the first time together at Boston in a really good away win I was like three different age groups, three different progressions through the academy. So to see that uh, is brilliant. But the work that's going on in the academy at the moment is uh, accelerated. And Mike Alcock comes in, uh, continues the principles about what we are, adds his own his own beliefs to it. And I think you'll see more. I hope that we're sitting here in however much time it's on about Reese Daly's first goal or uh, someone out of Paul Reed's under-16 team that are such a talented group that were taken forward into the scholarship. That's got to be the pathway. And um, yeah, it was a, a brilliant moment that you can tell. I, I'm more than happy to just keep talking about that. Talked a lot this season about points targets. Um, you talked about your blocks early on. And since then, it's sort of been like a countdown. I think any aspiring mathematicians out there will know that it's quite clear the target was 73 points. You're 70 points, 40 games. The opportunity to get that done this weekend, perhaps, to do it in 41 games is um, could be some achievement, couldn't it? And you must be very, very pleased with that. Yeah, I, I think in your planning, just for real clarity, you you take each game as it comes and you plan week to week and the next one's the most important because it's the next one, etc., etc., etc. Match of the day, match of the day, say this, say that. Um, but you've got to be trying to measure yourself against some level of success. So uh, you look at the points returns uh, across each year. So during the summer when I was appointed, looked at average points per game. And where this division is slightly different is sometimes there's been 24 teams, sometimes 22, sometimes an odd number. Um, so it's been a little bit more challenging. So you look at points per game and go, what is the average? So if we were to get the average for finishing seventh and we finish eighth, you should be really, really gutted because nine times out of ten, you've done enough to get that point return. So we wanted to make sure we were being really calm and measured. We talk about uh, consistency and stability around the way we think and the way we try and measure performance and measure results. You look at where we're at, and if you can get that 73 points, you should get seventh place um, as a minimum. You, you might finish fifth with that because there's anomalies in each season. Uh, you might finish eighth. I'm looking at it this season and going, I, th I think 73 would get in. I, I really, really do feel that. And that's where this week to me feels like preparing for a cup final and a real chance uh, to really achieve something. And it, I know where I'm at mentally with that. I know where the group are at. And it, it's a hell of an important weekend. So we targeted 73 points. You then go, right, how are you going to get them? Doesn't always go to plan. So I, I would think about our season. We probably reflect really with disappointment on our points return from the Telford games over the, the New Year period. And to be fair, that run in general. But in the same way, we've won at Kings Lynn. We've drawn away at Fylde. We've beat Brackley here and drawn away. We've got four points out of six. We've got four points out of six against uh, Scarborough. You've got those double headers against the sides at the, the top end. We, we've done really, really well with. Um, four points out of the Banbury gate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And some of the big journeys. So it just balances out. So you always want to be able to measure it of where did we want to be and when. So the six-game blocks, it's designed that you always want a bit of slack. So we have seven six-game blocks. We wanted 10 points from each block. doesn't work that way. There's a nine, and there's an 11, and it balances out. To be going into what I think is a tough last four games, and I said that at the time, uh, sort of from Southport onwards, knowing that a win would get you in, but also if the goalpost had moved for whatever reason, there was some slack, not 
wow, we, we can't react. So for us to have the chance to hit a season-long uh, points total with five to go um, is massive. And then you, you start thinking about it, don't you? The, the idea of, and I, I need to speak with real clarity when I talk about this, of expectation should be sky high now. Um, because I think something starts for us of, at the start of the season, we're, we're Chester Football Club and we want promotion out of this league. Uh, whether that is May 2023, May 2024, whenever that is, we want that promotion. Um, and you then start to look at, right, well, how are we going to get there and what do you need to do? And, and we thought we're, we're going to build a team and we're going to build a team from scratch, really. Uh, how do you do it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of work that goes in, the best possible team you can get within your resource, within the timeframes. And then you start plotting. And I think it was an uh, ambition start the season. I think it became an aim once you'd seen two thirds of the league. I think you'd start to go, we're really competitive. And then when you go on the run that we go on, I'm, I'm sat in my office here and I'm looking at it on the whiteboard next to me, probably post Darlington, when you go on the type of run that we go on, probably until a bad spell in January where we're drawing games that you would have wanted to win. You go on that type of run and expectation goes through the roof and you become in a positive way, by the way, in the dressing room, in the stands, around the club. Let's be real, we're third with six games to go. The expectation should be that we get in the playoffs now. Doesn't mean we won't celebrate it for the achievement it is, and we won't sniff at that. Once you hit that target, that's then when uh, focus changes onto something else. So we are very much, let's nail down a playoff spot, and then can we guarantee ourselves a home game in the eliminator round in the fourth or fifth position? And then can we go after skipping the eliminator round? Because you... To get to the end goal of, imagine finishing third, uh, you'll have to have tipped every box on the way. So it's just about trying to be focused and measured on, and have clarity, that word that I use a lot, around uh, where you want to be. So yeah, it feels like a massive week. And I, we've, we've got 70 points. That's incredible. We've got this brilliant uh, away record that we've now set as a record. And that is really, really something we're all really proud of. But you then, you start thinking about that playoff situation. And I say it and I smile at I've said it sort of off offline to people. I remember being the caretaker manager on the last day in the National League. I remember that. I remember taking the team for the last three games. I remember going to Boreham Wood uh, and going, wow, here we go. This this is tricky. I remember the home game against Maidstone. I remember going the last game in the National League away at Barrow. A game, to be fair, we ended up winning. I remember that and I was involved in that and it wasn't a good time. To be now feel like I've been involved but been away and come back, to have in your own hands to get in a playoff position, then cement one, and then the actual playoffs themselves. Yeah, it's an obsession. That's why maybe I'm uh, not happy when we don't win. Like every football manager, and I, it's not because I'm from Chester. It's not because I love the club the way that I do. It's because that's how I am as the manager. And we've bought into something that I say was ambition to aim that's now become the norm. Looking in the top five positions of the division has become the norm. And I'm never going, everyone should just be grateful because we weren't great last season. No, that's not the point. It just means that uh, we've accelerated a process that sometimes means stuff doesn't go for us. On a Tuesday night at Peterborough Sports, maybe we weren't equipped for eight games in 28 days just yet. The aim is to get us where we can be. But now with six games to go and to be in that position, to have that point target in our hands on Saturday, to be able to tick off the first target of the season and then move on to something else. That's all you think about. It's all you think about when you wake up. It's all you think about on the training ground. It's all you think about the way you live your life. It is an absolute obsession. And um, we've got to see what Saturday brings. Saturday, opponents, Darlington, talking about the chance to, to, to hit that points target. 
extend that 92-year-old unbeaten record, away record, which must still sound so impressive. What can you expect from Darlington? Obviously, a side that have been in and around the, the top seven. They're not on the greatest run of form right now, but obviously they were top at a time. They've, they've shown their playoff or promotion credentials, if you like. So it's going to be another tough game, isn't it? Yeah, look, first and foremost, it's about can we get to 73 points as quickly as we can? Because if you get to 73, you can get 76 quicker and then 79 and 82 and 85 and 88, etc., etc. So that is the focus. But secondly, don't like losing. Don't like losing. And it has happened very often and it sticks with you. Uh, didn't like losing in the FA Cup. Didn't like losing in the FA Trophy. Those two penalty defeats. But defeats in the league uh, haven't happened very often. Uh, gutted that someone's done a double over us in Peter Sports. Don't intend for anyone else to be able to do the double over us. And if you look at the fixtures, it's, it's only Darlington that can. That's impressive. Um, so for us, there's a little bit of that as well. I've wanted to go and make sure. I thought we were really good on the day against Darlington. I thought they were, I thought it was two good teams. They're in a moment where they haven't had the results that they would have wanted. A very, very good team, a solid playoff team that will be looking at us and feeling they can finish above us. That's the reality is that it's so tight in there that I think everyone will be saying what I'm saying around let's guarantee a playoff place, but should teams do that with games to spare, as it were, there's then going to be a lot of jostling for position. And with us still to play Darlington and Darlington to play Brackley and Brackley to play Fylde and so many of the games in there, so many of the teams in fifth tonight to play each other, there's such a long way to go in twists and turns. Uh, I expect one of the toughest games of the season. I, I really, really do. But I do think that's brought the best out of us. If you think we've had a draw at Fylde and a, a home game here that was ruined, four points, like, like I say before, four points out of six from the, the Kingsland games, we've always kind of risen to those occasions. And I expect a big crowd, expect a loud crowd. Uh, something, again, we respond really, really well to. I expect a bigger way following. Um, and... Again, like I said, the following at Blythe is terrific. You expect that. You, you look forward to a big home crowd against Chorley. We're, it's the business end and we are right at it. We are right in amongst it with everything to play for, not relying on other teams' results. That creates an intensity. It's not the opposite. when It's not when you, you're holding out. If we do our bit, we've got real focus that generates an intensity day to day. Um, and Saturday for me, if we can get to 73 points, you'll certainly see it'll be, for me, it'll be an achievement. It'll be the first thing this season that, yeah, you're proud of stuff and you enjoy it, but I'll go, we've done that tick. We set out to do it and we've done it. When Tuesday comes, you'll be looking ahead to the Friday again with the, the Chorley game. So Saturday for me, uh, almost becomes like a one-off game in isolation saying, can we hit that point target? What a way to do it so early. What a time to do it. We know what to expect. We've got to be the best and, uh, you never know. Might be a surprise in store that benefits us just yet. We'll we'll have to see it at two o'clock on Saturday. So wrapping up now with the newest face to the Diva ranks. On the registrations deadline last Thursday, the Blues managed to recruit vastly experienced central midfielder Elliot Whitehouse on loan from Scunthorpe United. The 29-year-old has captained Sheffield United in an FA Youth Cup final. He's won promotion from the National League with Lincoln City and scored the winner at Wembley in their EFL Trophy final win a few years ago. He had a winning start to life with the Seals last weekend, and we had a chat about how he was settling in down CH1. El, first chance we've had to say welcome to Chester Football Club. How have you uh, settled in so far? Yeah, thank you, mate. Um, no, it's been good. Like I say, I've been probably it's a week now, so I feel like I've been here a lot longer. Everyone's been welcoming, um, straight into the action, training, and then obviously the Blythe game. Um, today so yeah no it's i'm really enjoying it and there's a good set of lads training's brilliant structured intensity and that's what we want so and everything's obviously seemed to be on the up and of course it, it works well y your first game three points 
always nice to get off to a good start, isn't it? Yeah, clean sheet and a win, which is the main thing, especially this time of the year where you want you know points on the board more than ever. Um, but yeah, I thought we did really well, and I'm just looking forward to, like I say, helping the team as much as I can. Obviously, it was coming up to the registrations deadline. I'm sure Chester weren't the only suitor after you at that point. But what was it that sort of brought you here to this club? Just what I think, what's happening this season, you know, it's a very ambitious club and everything about it is, is going in the right direction. And, you know, it attracted me speaking to my agent and then people who've been there have said only good things about it. And from the first day I came in, mate, even speaking to the gaffer and the lad, I could just see straight away why it is such an attractive place this year. I think in terms of a, an added benefit, obviously you've already had a bit of experience this year at this level as well. Yeah, yeah, obviously I had a, I had a quick loan out to get some games at Spennymore, so I do know the league and I've played in this league years ago when I was younger, so I do know what it's about. But yeah, listen, you know, everything um, about Chester at the moment is positive and I just want to try and be part of that and help us get to the, you know, to the, the main aim, which is hopefully playoffs and then promotion. Talked about that. You've 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 had promotion before in your career. It would be um, a, a fantastic end to the season, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, it'd be, it'd be a good way to finish. And um, I think if, if a team deserves it and a group of lads, I think people would say it is Chester. Um, you know, there's, it's definitely doable. But we're just concentrating on the next game, trying to get as many points on the board, and that's our mind mindset. Uh, and we just take every game as it comes. In terms of looking ahead now, obviously Saturday we're back in the northeast again at Darlington. It's a, a top seven rival, if you like. So, um, so obviously it'll be a, a difficult game, but I'm sure the lads are going in with very good in very good spirits. Yeah, everyone's obviously positive, especially after the the way we're also in the record that got broken, which is brilliant. Um, but <clears throat> every game I think now for us, is, it feels like a six pointer, just with so much at stake. It's getting to that that crunch time of the season. Uh, Darlington obviously up there. I played them when I was at Spenny, they're a good team. Um, but yeah, listen, we're fully focused and we're going to do everything we can to get that three points. I'm sure it was nice to make your debut on the road, but I'm sure there's nothing quite like a home debut. Obviously, the Darlington game first, but I'm sure there's one eye on that Chorley game on Good Friday. Yeah, listen, from what the lads have said in the gaffer, it's supposed to be a brilliant atmosphere. I played, like I said, I played here years ago and I can remember, you know, the fans were right behind the team and we them doing so well. I'm, I'm hoping it could be a sellout, but yeah, I can't wait. Um, whether it's home and away, I'm sure the Chester fans will get behind the lads, which they did on Saturday and they have done all season. So yeah, but listen, the next game is away at Darlington. I'm sure there'll be plenty there and I just, you know, can't way to get on that pitch and with that episode 29 of the seals podcast is complete my thanks to the guests harry callum and elliot and hopefully we will see you in the northeast this weekend for what is another huge game for the blues see you next month on the show up the seals bye for now <laughs>